Coley had a passion for pandas. Music, dancing, dreamed of being an American Idol someday. Her favorite color was blue. Nicole was a very lovable person. Nicole touched many people throughout her short life. Hello everybody and welcome to True Crime Banter, the podcast aimed to bring in you your dose of murder relaxation. So just sit back and enjoy. dance, huh? Yeah, I think it was a fairly appropriate dance. That's all you know how to do. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Banter podcast. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and we are people. And how is everyone doing today? How are you doing tonight? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we've just been uh, relaxing, enjoying. Yeah, being sick. <laughs> yes, you're, so you've a been lot sick of relaxing. two weeks. Too much couch time. I'm... This this used to be what I thought was a dream. Like I would, like before I got sick, would be like, if I could just stay home all day and just watch TV, yeah, and just sleep, you'd love it. Yeah, and then you know it turns out that like that it has its expiration date, and I didn't feel fresh air on my face for a week, and true, I missed I missed wind and you missed Thanksgiving all three dinners. Yeah, yeah, but you know what. I kept the 10 pounds off, so it well, is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Save me a couple of gym trips. Yeah, well, welcome, everyone. Hi. Uh, I've got some a uh, bit of banter for us. Ooh. And is it about bread this time, or are we going to skip it's that? It's not, no, but okay. let's, let's talk about movies, because okay. our plan tonight, depending on how long these recording mm. sessions go, right. we're going to be watching a movie that I've... A movie? <laughs> A movie that I've mm-hmm. never seen before, which yeah. is... Well, there's a lot of them, but True. the one that I would like you to experience with your whole being is The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. A good old classic. Yep. Which I've been there many a times. I we... eat breakfast every day. Mm, no, you don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you do not. not true. Do not lie well, to tr- our friends. Very true no. that that's not true. No. But yeah, so we're going to be watching The Breakfast Club tonight, and it made me wonder, or got me thinking, what other movies are out there that people are like, these are like classics. Like how, no, like granted. I hear where about it all the time. I hear about it like on podcast or so, just coworkers or whatever. Like, oh my God, do you even see that movie? You have to see it. Like yeah, that kind of and stuff. And there's a lot of movies out there that I think are age dependent. Yeah. So yeah, you like Step Brothers yeah. or um, <laughs> Super Bad. I'm like, maybe if you were, you know, 15 to 25 years old. I don't know. During that time. Well, they, yeah, they were better then. You're right. Yeah, but I'm not wondering, good. I'm not saying to like my mom, like, what do you mean you haven't seen Super Bad? True, like, true. It's a classic to people our age, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. like a classic. That's true. So I was wondering, because I think, and this this has to do with another podcast I've been listening to a lot lately. <laughs> I think movies like Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber are absolutely like classics. You say Ventura? Ace Vent- Ventura? You don't say Ventura? Ace Ventura. Ace Ven- Ven- Do you say Adventure or Adventure? Because that's how Ace I say it. Ventura. Not Ventura. It's not Ventura? No. Why? 
Because, <laughs> but well, like now, now you got me questioning. Yeah, I, I thought it was like adventure, like Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura. No, I think it's Ace Ventura. Oh Pet shit! Pet detective, whatever. Either when way, nature calls. Whatever. Something tells me Jim Carrey would be fine with either way. But go yeah, ahead, right? Go ahead. And and I was just thinking, like those are like movies that I grew up on. Yeah, like those mid nineties comedies or The Mask. Exactly. Did you yes. see that one? Right. Oh, okay. I just love making the sure. mask. Okay. Like uh, Tommy Gun. Like I used <laughs> yes. to say that sometimes. I'm like, I bet you. Did. I wonder if people do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so smoking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of very quotable movies. I feel like. I guess in every decade. But yeah. I'm just wondering if our listeners have like suggestions or movies yeah. of their own that are like, what do you mean you have like, watched Like I this? haven't seen Back to the Future or, which we just or talked Ferris about Bueller's Day. Day Off. So which, I would love to see those. And that Ferris Bueller's Day, lo- Day Off, I think is one of those like actual classics, like Breakfast yeah. Club you're talking about, yeah. where it doesn't really matter what age you're watching it or yeah. what uh, generation you're from, it's still something you should watch. I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of those. Okay. So I'm maybe uh, we'll do that after then. Oh, yeah. Well, then. Uh, And yeah, so I'm interested. Do our listeners have? Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I want to watch them. I I grew up because my dad watching a lot of like old stuff like Bruce Lee movies, Chuck Norris, John Wayne, Charles Bronson, like like a lot of that old stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Steve McQueen. Spaghetti Westerns, (laughs) is that what you called them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I saw a ton of like, and then at my mom's house is a little bit more strict. So I got the opposite, where like I got to watch like Austin Powers at my dad's and like got in trouble in kindergarten for saying like, do I make you Randy, baby? I got a call (laughs) home. Yeah, and I got in trouble. Um, But then at my mom's house, I wasn't allowed to watch anything except like Jesus stuff. So so there's a lot I missed out on. So let me know, everyone. Yeah, Let us know. Yeah, we're not a... I would say we're not big time movie watchers. I'm not. I'm trying to be. Yeah. I'm trying. I have a tough time sitting down for that long yeah. because you can't really, I mean, you can get up and pause it and stuff, yeah. but you can't be doing stuff while you're watching it, which I prefer like. But I think what we're trying or what I'm trying to do, and hopefully maybe you can kind of jump on as time goes on, is like, it's okay to sit down and do nothing and just watch something and true. let it be Very like true. an experience. Yeah. Once you start doing that multiple times a day, every day, and you're not getting stuff done, then we'll have to talk. <laughs> but we got yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, let yeah, us know, you, everyone. Any suggestions, feel free. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message. Yeah, all the things, all the places. Do it. Do it. So, yeah. Cool. Um, you are taking care of the case for today. Yeah. Again, yep. episode two of season two. We're just going to start whipping these out. We're not going to, I think we talked about it. We're not going to really it. try to do a back and forth. It's no, just whoever just gets to it. For it. Yep. We're going for it. And today, I really want to give everybody episodes like as much as possible. I, and and I, I just happen to have more free time gonna, than Riley. <laughs> true. I think they're going to appreciate that too. Yeah. So tonight, today, you've got the case of Nicole Lovell. Yep. Lavelle. Yep. I read it as Lavelle. And that but. was her mom you heard in the intro. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. And uh, yeah, why don't we get right into it? All right. Tammy Weeks woke up early on the morning of January 27, 2016, and knocked on her daughter's bedroom door. She didn't hear anything, so she knocked a few more times before opening it. She was shocked to find the door jammed, or more so blocked by something. She was able to get it open a couple inches and peek through to see a small nightstand in front of the door. Now that she knew what it was, she pushed the door with extra force this time and once inside, was met with icy North Carolina air. 
The window was wide open, and the bed was empty. Immediate panic set in. She had just seen her 13-year-old daughter, Nicole Lovell, last night when they said their goodnights. What could have possibly happened between then and now? Her first thought was to call her daughter's phone, but when the calls went straight to voicemail dozens of times, she knew the police needed to be informed. Even if she had just gone to a friend's house, she wanted to play it safe and make sure her daughter was found as soon as possible. Not only was Nicole gone, but Tammy had noticed her pill bottle on the desk, and after counting the pills, realized her daughter had not taken her medication that morning, which made her panic even more. Nicole had been born with liver issues, needing a transplant before her first birthday. She actually relied completely on these rejection meds to keep her alive, and a missed pill could be the difference between life and death. This put an extra level of stress and urgency on everyone to find her before it was too late. As police do when investigating, whether it be a missing person or homicide, knowing all you can about the person in question plays a big role. Did they have a history of running away, known drug use, or maybe alcohol use? Who were her friends? Let's question them and see if this was a planned runaway, or perhaps, and worst of all, this was completely out of the ordinary and something more sinister was at play. What they hear from friends and family is that Nicole was a very normal teenager. She enjoyed hanging out with friends, and like many young kids these days, she was very active on multiple social platforms, including Snapchat, Facebook, and Kick Messenger. Nicole did, however, have a complicated family history. Her mom and her dad, David, had her very young, and before Nicole was even born, her father had left Tammy and did jail time for some drug charges. David talks in interviews about having massive regrets his whole life about missing out on Nicole growing up and not being there for her. Tammy talks about how Nicole would sometimes act out because she, quote, wanted attention from her father. She wanted his love, end quote. From all accounts, it does sound like David was doing his best, even if it may have been late, to make it up to Nicole. Of course, when her dad heard she was missing, he headed straight over to join the massive search party that had formed. The party had grown by the hundreds until about 1,200 people gathered in search of Nicole Lovell. It was during one of these searches that a mother of one of Nicole's friends came up to Tammy and pulled her aside. What she told Tammy wasn't anything she could have prepared for. Apparently, Nicole had been playing at this friend's house recently with some other girls and told the group that she was going on a date with an older boy, and she was really excited about it. Not a good sign. This boy went to college, and his name was David. Nicole even pulled up some text messages to prove it to her friends. The date was supposed to be last night, the night she vanished. Tammy knew Nicole spent time online and worried she might have met someone and snuck off with them. This wouldn't have been the first time Nicole had boundary issues with social media. There had been a couple times when her parents had searched her phone, finding multiple inappropriate conversations between Nicole and what looked like fake profiles who were clearly older men posing as younger men. Her phone had been confiscated numerous times, but it looks like she had secretly downloaded the apps again. She let police know about the secret boyfriend immediately, and they dug into her socials to see what they could possibly find. Police didn't have to look far. 
on Nicole's wall was a paper list of her accounts, usernames, and passwords. They started digging to see if they could find anyone under the name of David. Interesting. I wonder if this was like a uh, something that her parents made her do. Mm, like, hey, that's if true. you're going to have access to the right. social medias, you we have to have full access as well. I put this in my um, original script, I guess, and I, I took it out because it was kind of long, but... Um, Crime Junkie, one of the first podcasts I ever started listening to. I'm sure everyone oh, that's on here knows who that is. It is the most yeah. popular one, and kudos, they do such She's great things over everywhere there. Nowadays. Ashley is amazing. Um, and something that they've talked about a few times is, or actually a lot of times, is having somebody close to you have your passwords and your usernames in case anything, God forbid, ever happens to you. Yeah. They can just get straight into what you've been doing, who you've been talking to. I believe Apple or the iPhone actually has it on the phone where oh. you can set a person as your... I didn't know about this. Your dedicated, um, like, I don't want to say emergency contact. It basically like emergency contact, but if oh. you were to die and I think they have to enter a pin to get access oh, to all your that's information. that's really smart. It's something like that. Yeah. I, I don't... Obviously, have it set up, but I yeah. do know. I think there is some sort of setting. Yeah. So. Okay. But you were saying that they were, they talked about how it is a good idea to always yeah have one just person. to yeah because there was multiple cases they covered where they couldn't get in to anybody's socials. Yeah. And, and there are, what would you call it? Um, I guess warrants and stuff that you can serve to companies to like try Sprint, to. Verizon, yeah. whatever, and kind of get stuff. But the quicker. It's limited. The, and also the quicker you can get into something. Right. If somebody, if your friend already has it, you can get in there yeah, so much faster. Right in and yeah. And then you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Rather so than I guess that's kind of just something to kind of keep in mind. But I was going to ask you, because we mentioned some of the platforms they're on, do you Kick. know what Kick is? Oh, yeah. I, but like, do you know, no, or do you just know it's like a messaging thing? I know thing? it. I want to say it's similar to what WhatsApp is nowadays, where people can just talk. Like, you yeah. can. I remember, gosh, I don't actually remember what it was that put me onto it. Uh, I think it was like, uh, I'm, I'm being a terrible podcaster right now because yeah, I, I don't are. recall what it is. But yeah. there's something that I was like, oh, this is another, I think I thought it was like a social media app where it's like, okay, well, no. I, I've got to, you know, create a login. I used to follow like accounts that were like, here's upcoming you know, social media on the rise. Yeah. And I think like at one point, like Snapchat was on there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this was when I thought it was really important to be like early to platforms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. like, ooh, kick. All right. And then you go onto it and it's like, at least back in the day, I don't think it didn't matter. You had to add people as a friend to then be able to chat with them pretty yeah. much. And that's. That's it. Yeah, that's right. the most I it's know of It's not really like a social media thing. Right. It's like it, it's a communication app is what it is. It's basically like another way to text. I think maybe like Discord nowadays and where Discord is similar where it's like you join groups. There's like Yeah. Yeah, you join groups and then you can just talk to people. Yeah. So I kind of like just did a quick little Google search of it and I think it's kind of what you're saying. It's very close to WhatsApp where you sign up and I kind of use the example in this little paragraph of like if say for example your parents turn your texting off if you have somebody's phone number in the kick or the whatsapp chat with it's them. like texting yeah so you can yep. still text it shows up as a text to your friends it looks just like a text 
Okay. Basically, you can still message through it. So as long as you have like some kind of, it connects you to an email. Yeah. Yeah. But this email doesn't have to be verified. It doesn't have to be anything. You could use just like John Smith and then just like make up an email and it lets you sign up. Interesting. So there's been a lot of people that have been catfished through this, that have lied through this, that have yeah. I I feel like back in the day there was like a send me your kick, almost yeah. like a what's your aim right type thing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Back in the day, there, yeah. But yeah. I, uh, that's all I remember, and it sounds like yeah. it hasn't changed much. Right, since. and you can essentially remain anonymous. So you just make up an email. So this in this app is where they discover a conversation between Nicole and someone going by the username Doctor Tombstone. When well, an, that's a yeah. little suspicious. A little creepy <laughs> too, right? When an IP address is searched, it came up with the name David Eisenhower, an 18-year-old freshman at Virginia Tech. Bingo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as we know, David was the name we were looking for. After police identify David, a team works on digging up information on him while another team heads out to question him. What the investigation team finds is a young engineering student, track star, and all-around good kid. People didn't have anything bad to say about him, except maybe he was a little cocky. He definitely wasn't somebody you'd look at or read about and think, yeah, he's capable of this. David Eisenhower is picked up on campus and brought to the station where a detective lets him know that he found conversations between him and Nicole and wants to know how they met. David tells him they originally met on Omegle and started chatting on Kick for a while. He said Nicole had told him she was, quote, 16 or 17, end quote, and they made a plan to hang out after talking for a while. He said he drove up to her house and saw her climbing out of her window. He said the girl that he saw looked like she was 11 and it freaked him out, and he drove back to campus where he went to a friend's dorm room. Police, of course, are very skeptical. It just so happens that she goes missing the night that you're supposed to hang out. So the detective turns up the heat a little bit and basically calls him out, saying he doesn't believe him. David's story doesn't change, but he does make an unusual comment. He says, quote, I think the police should look more into finding a body than trying to interrogate the last person who saw her alive, who clearly left the scene, end quote. Yeah, I mean, you don't... She's missing right now. Yeah. She's not dead. Yeah. At least not in the eyes of... Right. ...the public. Right. But in the eyes of Mr. Davide over Mm -hmm. here, apparently... Yeah, I don't know who says that, but... Mm, I'm an idiot. David had mentioned earlier in his interview that after he left when he saw Nicole was a child, he went to a friend's dorm back on campus. Detectives wanted to know who his friend was. Enter Miss Natalie Keepers. Oh, girl. Natalie was another Virginia Tech student, and when located, willingly went to the police department and was actually very helpful and upfront. When asked about David, she had nothing but great things to say about him. She even had no problem giving up her phone for a search. And while police were asking her some questions in the interrogation room, the tech team was busy combing through her history across the hall. And what they found can only be described as a fucking gold mine. Oh, shit. 
just to cover a few topics that hit because we don't have all fucking night to go over all the terrible things. Yeah, we got to watch a movie Yeah, later, so. <laughs> There were texts talking about, quote, cleaning up blood, end quote, and, quote, the smell of blood, end quote, or Natalie saying, quote, I smell like cleaning supplies, end quote. Wait. What? <laughs> I'm going to let you continue, but it sounds like from those... <laughs> Those three texts. It sounds like she might be involved. Oh, wait, hold on. And also there's a text from David saying, quote, so long as nobody finds the body for a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. So why? Let's just continue. Yeah, let's continue because it sounds like she's just like, fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. Well, this is more than any law enforcement officer could have ever dreamed of. And when confronted, Natalie caves. She simply states she's dead okay so yeah i mean it sounds like exactly what the yeah. text sound like and it sounds like before they even came back to her she she already knew when she gave up her phone yeah like yeah you yeah. got us from there natalie tells the tale of course this is all from her point of view so kind of take whatever you want with a grain of salt uh when she talks about what happened that fateful night nicole climbed out of her window thinking she was going out on a harmless date she states that David and Nicole had actually been seeing each other before this date night, and they had actually been involved sexually. Apparently, Nicole wanted to be in a relationship with David, and he did not. He was afraid that if he broke it off with her, she would expose him for the child predator that he is, and that's when he decided that he needed to get rid of her. Turns out that Natalie also liked David and was more than willing to help him in whatever terrible deed he wanted to carry out. This was not a spur-of-the-moment crime. Natalie and David had went out for fast food that night, the same night that Nicole went missing, before he picked up Nicole. They went over their plan, even driving around until they found the perfect place for him to kill Nicole at. This is why Nicole kept calling it a date, because David told her it was. He was going to take her to a secluded area, but not for the same reasons that Nicole thought. Natalie said that David stabbed Nicole in the woods, and the next day called Natalie saying that he needed help covering it up. This is when the two of them went to Walmart where they purchased baby wipes and bleach. Nicole was in his trunk the entire time. Jesus. The After, entire time they're in Walmart. Mm-hmm. After their Walmart stop, Natalie and David drove almost 100 miles to dispose of Nicole. Thanks to Natalie's admission cops were able to locate Nicole's body off the side of a main road on a mountain. They had just thrown her over the cliff. There was no burial attempt, no nothing. They just thought anywhere that no they one could get to. They just tossed her, yep. The autopsy showed Nicole had been stabbed numerous times. Nicole's family finally had answers, and they finally had Nicole back home. David was already in custody at this point in being held. But now, with Nicole's body being recovered, David was charged with first-degree murder, and Natalie was arrested and charged with concealing a body and being an accessory before the fact. The two were tried separately, with David going first, and no shock, his team of attorneys decided to try and pin this all on Natalie. Of course. This was kind of their only hope. This was absolutely pointless, though, because the amount of evidence they had on David was insane. If you start with the text from David to Nicole before she died, he was threatening her, saying that she better not tell anyone about them or they will hurt you. 
Nicole then says, why are you scaring me? Who will hurt me? And he keeps stating that someone will, that something will happen to her if she tells on him. This just shows a ton of motive for him getting rid of her. Yeah. Then there's an also cryptic text between Natalie and David stating things like, we just have one more thing to dispose of when then we're home free. Not right. to mention texts about hiding evidence. And then you add in those texts like smelling like cleaning supplies and smelling like blood from earlier. And now we just have even more evidence than before. Yeah, not, not a good no. look. Then a surprise twist on the fourth day of the trial. After days of showing the jury this mountain of evidence against him, David changes his plea to no contest, which is just a bitch-ass way of saying I'm guilty without actually admitting it. It's kind of like an Alfred plea, kind of. Okay. Yeah, where you're basically saying there's a ton of evidence against me, but, like, I'm not saying I did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You could Saying you can understand how you might be found guilty. But because you change your plea to something other than not guilty, you now get rid of the jury altogether. Of course. And now, like, a judge just is kind of based on you because that's how, like, there's a higher chance of you getting a life sentence when it's a jury. Yeah. Yeah. Versus one person making the decision. Exactly. So, because of this, he was convicted of 50 years in prison, followed by 20 years of probation. And as for Natalie, her case took a while to put together. But two and a half years after Nicole's murder, Natalie was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Her defense made a weak attempt at saying her confession was coerced, but with video proof against it, the jury quickly dismissed this and sentenced her. There still seems to be a confusion about who was really the mastermind behind this. Nicole's father, David, stated on the Dr. Phil show that he still isn't sure either. He believes it could have been Natalie, with her motivation being jealousy. She possibly was in love with David and saw Nicole as a threat. Then there's the other side, the side that believes David knew Natalie would do anything to help him, anything to solve a problem, even if that problem was a 13-year-old girl. We all know the stories, the warnings. We think our kids are safe because our front door is locked. But what happens when the monsters are locked inside with us? Creeping, lurking in our inbox, wishing us a good night over Facebook or liking your daily posts. Nicole was, unfortunately, one of many. But that doesn't mean her story doesn't matter. Even adults fall victim to lying faces online. Why do we let them in? Perhaps we want a friend. Perhaps we feel alone. Perhaps we all just want to be accepted. Is that really so bad? So that is the case of Nicole Level. What are your thoughts? Well, thank you for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> Only uh, other I've person got, in the room. You're that's welcome. That's true, yeah. That's an interesting... I, I initially... Well, first let me ask you, have you heard of this before? This case? I think so. Okay. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. I want to say uh, back in the day, like True Crime Daily or Crime okay. Watch Daily, yeah. I think it was in, um, covered this. Mm-hmm. but There was quite a few sources. 48 Hours, um, A&E did a thing. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure that they covered it um i initially you know the the idea of not really knowing who the mastermind is behind it mm-hmm. i and i'm i am gonna default to david yeah because if you're 
dating. I mean, if you think about it, he had the most motive, right? Right. Not just the most motive, but you're already messed up in the head if you're 18. You're a freshman in college dating. You said she was 13 years old. Right. And even if she had catfished you, say, for example, you know, especially now I'm not going to blame anybody, but kids know how to do a lot of stuff online that they didn't before so say for example nicole did go online and did pose as somebody older okay even if she's 16 or 17 or 18 that should still be a red flag then you see a child but then we skip forward right at that those were his words then you skip forward and natalie is saying that they had actually already been involved together so he had to have known she was younger yeah like if you go look up pictures of her and we will will post pictures nothing about her looks 16 or 17 i guess that is the question is if did they have any like sexual relations at all i mean according to natalie according to natalie yes. because there's the one side of right well natalie's a mastermind she's the one telling people that he yeah. had sexual relations that he knew she was 13 and we don't actually know if he did or not right that's true so and we also know all of the we only know i should say um the texts that were released who knows what other text messages were kept under wraps for maybe court proceedings and stuff like maybe there were more um uh vulgar texts that would prove that they had been right intimate before yeah and i i mean you could go off the text that we know of stuff like natalie saying i'm gonna smell like you know or i smell like cleaning supplies things like that it sounds like she's not involved at that point Mm-hmm. And you're giving, she's probably, what, 19 years old than Natalie? I mean, if she's a friend uh, of yeah, David, maybe early somewhere. college, yeah, yeah. 20 years or younger, you're giving a lot of credit to somebody to be a mastermind, to right. set up texts and, you know, yeah. the rabbit trail to lead everything to David and yeah. say that she was being manipulated. So... I mean, there's got to be a reason that, like, he was convicted, you know? Yeah. There's got to be evidence. Yeah, all the I evidence. mean, even more than what we have. Yep. And yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, you got to go, if anything, he manipulated her to clean yeah. him knowing that she had feelings for him as well. And these are all questions that you could go back and forth about who's the real mastermind, but either way, they both participated. Yep. You both participated. Yeah. And I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but they both participated. And as far as yeah. I'm concerned, they're both guilty. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, I don't know. You get yeah. young minds like that, you know, Yeah. you make really dumb decisions dumb mistakes i'm not saying it was a mistake obvious i mean it's yeah yeah know, i get what you're um, saying it's it's hard to tell whether you know i i'm not i guess i'm i don't want to say i'm glad they didn't get the death sentence mm-hmm. because they were young like even though they're in college you're still very dumb and so it's nice to see that they got 50 years so they're gonna be very old by the time oh, they yeah. get out plus probation after that yeah and they're basically going to spend their entire lives in prison. Yeah. And I mean, I hopefully the peels think, and all that goodness. Yeah, think, yeah. Or, you know, fingers crossed. And uh, I think that's all. I don't know. Yeah. That's what goes in my, is going on in my head. I'm just. Yeah. I would like to see them spend their life in prison. Yeah. Where no matter whose fault it was, you fucked up. Yeah. And when and this uh, comes out, you know, and we post the pictures and stuff and you guys have left comments before and i love it leave all your thoughts and comments below or some people private message that works too yeah love to kind of communicate about it either way yeah what do you guys think do you think it was david's idea do you think it was natalie do you think both of them together um yeah decided we need to get rid of this issue i don't know what 
why that would be a thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, except for the the whole child predator thing. Right. If Nicole was going to out Tim yeah. as a child predator. That there's would be... a few cases like this. I mean, there's a lot like this, right? Which is unfortunate. A lot of this like catfishing-ish kind of thing where like someone ends up dead. It's a young person falls for something or yeah. is lured or, you know, kind of thing. There's a few that I kind of want to cover in the future. But if you guys know of any other ones, feel free to send those over. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know yeah. for sure. These child ones always get me, but I like to kind of put it out there because I don't think you can ever like talk about it too much. Too much. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We can always uh, spread the words. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you for yeah, bringing for this story in, to guys. light. I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah. If you did, you know, feel free to leave a rating, leave yeah. a like. Also, too, don't forget to let us know. know about those movies. Oh, yeah. Leave yeah. some movie recs <laughs> yeah. on our Instagram and uh, mm-hmm. leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever else you can leave reviews. Yeah. Uh, what? What is it? Ratings on Spotify? Yeah, all that good stuff. <laughs> okay, everybody, this has been another episode yeah. of the True Crime Banter Podcast. And we'll catch you in the flippity flip. Talk to you later.